Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your hosts, Bob Papa Dude Bittner and Ray Karawala. Hey guys, this is Ray Carwell. I'm here with your host, Bob Bittner. Uh, guys, welcome back. I know we've been out of the office for a little bit, away from the podcast. So nice to get back into the grind of things. Last week, Bob and I, we were here. We talked about you know the language that we use to speak to our, 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 our C-level team itself, and we may not be on the same language itself. Uh, we wanted to kind of continue a bit of that. We want to lead into uh, when we do have those conversations and we do want to change a process or we want to make certain changes within the organization, how do we manage that? Right? How, do, how do we manage change management itself? Bob, I know you've got some thoughts on this as well. Yes, Ray, good morning. And it's, uh, it is good to be back with you this morning. And I do think that we all struggle with this. And I don't care whether it's in our own personal lives, at home, in organizations that we belong to, or at work. But we're going to kind of focus on uh, the work aspect of it today from a change management standpoint. We have uh, a lot of uh, experience here at the Dude, working with clients, uh, implementing new systems, and most of the time that requires some significant changes in processes and the way we do things, the way the client does things. And a lot of times there's a lot of resistance to doing that. I feel like people hear that word change and something just kind of goes through their bones. We're set in our ways and we like doing the things that we're doing today. And the minute somebody wants to throw a wrench into that, I feel like we fall apart. It's almost like turning a light switch off, right? yeah. like going from light to dark. And you know, a lot of times it's because we're very uncomfortable with the unknown. And there's a lot of times we, uh, we hear things like, well, we've never done it like that before. Or we tried that once and it didn't work. Or, you know, this will never work in this organization. People just won't respond to that. I think it's a great idea, but nobody else will embrace I feel like you just that. said a few phrases that I'm, I'm catching myself using time and time again. <laughs> yeah, we, we all do that. I mean, in our own life, right? And uh, so the idea of, of creating change within an organization to implement a new system, to behave in a different way, takes a lot of work and a lot of energy. And I think a lot of times people ignore how much work it really is. And, you know, we always say things boil down to communication. And a lot of times we don't communicate very well. We don't communicate the vision that we're trying to uh, attain. A lot of times we just start out with the mechanics of stuff without giving the overall vision of what we want to do with that change. What is it going to look like when we're all done? And I'd like to get your input about how that might affect us. You might have some great ideas. And I think more and more organizations are working in a collaborative way that says, Ray, give me your ideas about this. Here's what we want to try to do. Here's We're implementing this new system and the things that we want to accomplish with this. What do you think about it? What do you think will be helpful? What does your organization think will be helpful? And I think so many times we don't do that communication up front. No, I think you just hit on something that kind of resonated with me. The word communication stuff, we spend the majority of our day with our colleagues at work, right? Sometimes more than we spend with our own family itself. And there are certain implications in everything that we do. Any decision that you decide or the way I do my job will affect myself, will affect the stakeholders of an organization, will affect the people around me. 
I think you're right. That communication piece is, is often missed all the time where it's not, the messaging isn't driven down the right way where people understand what they do will affect everyone around them. Right. And, you know, I find also that the person that's putting this plan or this change together has had a long time and has been thinking about this for a long time. And maybe have had a lot of conversations with other people about it. And, and I have a tendency for this uh, a lot of times is to assume people are at the same place that I am, that they've thought about this for a long time, that they understand, they see a need for change. Uh, I often, my wife will say, uh, I want to talk to you after dinner tonight. <laughs> and I said, okay, here it comes. You we, know, we what is it? Assumptions, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah, and I, I often, and she'll lay something on me after dinner and she'll say, well, what do you think? And I said, well, you know, give me time to think about this a little bit. You've been thinking about it for a week now, obviously, and you want me to respond in a short period of time. So I think a lot of times we don't give people enough time to respond, to think about it, to get to the same place that we are in implementing a change. And uh, I think we need to lay out the vision, tell them what we're trying to accomplish, and ask for feedback. Get them, help them to get to the same place that we are in our thinking about the change. So to help our listeners out there, if there is something that they like to do different within the organization and they're part of the leadership team, are there formal steps or how should they go about doing it? If we start from the beginning, we talk about vision itself. Is there anything that we should do formally before we actually try and implement? Well, I think uh, a couple things that you need to start off with, again, is the communication people. Make sure that you're at least your senior people on your team are in alignment with what you want to do. And particularly if you're going to implement a new, let's say a new CMS system that really does impact the organization uh, all the way across, not just your maintenance people, but people that are putting in requests and so forth, you're going to put this new system in. How does that change everybody's behavior? Because so many times people are, are uh, we like to use the term uh, hallway mugging around here when you go out into the facility somebody will grab you and say, fix this, fix that. And then all of a sudden you're saying to them, here, I want you to submit a work order. Well, I don't use a computer. It's too hard. Uh, we've never done that before. I've always been able to call Joe and he just takes care of it. I can, I can uh, stop Mary in the hall and just tell her and I know it gets taken care of. And um, which may be true, but it's not the most efficient way. So I think creating and casting the vision from the top to the leadership of your teams and then take it, take it down to another level. I think you need to go all the way down and, and cast a vision of what you're trying to accomplish. And you really need to spin that in a way that how it affects them, how it affects them. Because a lot of times people will say, well, I'm not very good with a computer. You know, a lot of, particularly in a, in a technician world, a lot of times technicians will say, I'm scared of the computer. I don't know how to use a computer. I don't even know how to turn it on. We just need to work through and reassure people that there's going to be help, there's going to be support, and that it will become easier over time to, to implement something. So I think the first thing is, is to communicate the vision of what you want to do with your senior team and then let them have input into it and then create it and take it on to the rest of the organization. So we've talked about starting from the top down. Now we need to talk about how we can bring this down the chain as far as our messaging goes. It sounds like we need to involve every single layer that's going to be affected and we need to choose the right people to do so. 
how 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 do we go about identifying the right people that we want to get involved to help us drive this change to make sure it's communicated the right way? Uh, well, Ray, I think a lot of times if you know the personality of the people in the organization, it certainly helps because. Uh, what, what I have always found that uh, is helpful is that you present things with one face, okay? If you have your leadership team and you work through it till you get general buy-in, and if you have the buy-in from your management team, from your supervisors, from your lead technicians, that this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to move forward, and, and by and large they're saying, yeah, we're going to try this, then I think we have the opportunity to say, go with one voice. You know, I might not necessarily agree with every step in the new change process. Some of it will be very uncomfortable for me. Very, some of it will be very different. But if I say, I'm going to try to do this, I'm going to go out and sell this as your ambassador, I'm going to help make this change happen because I believe in it. Uh, even though every step might not be the way I wouldn't necessarily do it, I think there's a great opportunity there to go out and really present as one face and say, let's just try this, folks. We're willing to make modifications, but we've looked at this and we agree as a, as a team that this is the right approach to go. Let's move forward as a team and then we'll tweak and we'll modify uh, as, but we're not just gonna necessarily do it because people, it makes people a little uncomfortable or they don't like signing onto a computer or they don't like to uh, stop by and talk to somebody before they do the work. Let me give you an example of something that happened to me uh, one time. We, uh, we had a, I was working in a 24-7 operation where we had maintenance people on uh, around the clock, seven days a week. And we were in a, uh, an environment where it was difficult sometimes to pass information from first shift, second shift, third shift, and all the change that went on there. And so we looked at it, and I worked with uh, HR, and we talked about this, a different op operational schedule for our people. And what we ended up doing was saying, okay, we're going to try for the next three months a schedule, a 12-hour schedule. People will work 12 hours, they'll be off 12 hours. And so what that ended up being was when they transferred the communication from one shift to another, it was very seamless. It was better communication of what was going on. And so we said to our folks, we're going to try this. You're going to work three days. You're going to be off three days. You're going to work four days. You're going to be off four days. The change that that brought about uh, by most people was very well accepted. And I said to them on the front end, I said, if you don't like this, if this doesn't work for your uh, personal life, uh, then we will find you a different job within the company. And so I had these two guys, it was about 45 people that were involved with this altogether. Everybody was enjoying it. They had lots of time to go hunting and fishing because we were in an area where that was very popular. And so, uh, but these two guys kept grousing about it all the time. So finally, I went to them and I had made arrangements for a different job position in the company for them, uh, no loss of pay, and I went to them and I said, hey look guys, it's obvious you don't like this schedule, and I made a commitment to you that we could change. And I said, I've talked to HR, we've got these two other jobs lined up for you, you can go back to your old way of uh, your old schedule and everything will be cool. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 we love this. We like it. We like all this time off to go hunting and fishing. And so sometimes it's just natural for yeah. us to grouse about stuff, yeah. right? Even if we like it. Yeah. And so we have to be really, really careful uh, that we're just not complaining for the sake of keeping an image up because I didn't like it to start. I've got to keep this macho image up uh, of not embracing the change. You talked about 
right there, that example you gave, I love the example itself, but you also talked about people grousing and people not liking, potentially not liking certain things that are going on. Is there a way that our listeners can maybe somehow prepare for that with the, you know, the vision and all the planning they're doing? How do you, how do you prepare for those, for that resistance that may potentially arise? I don't, I would say it's not may, it will arise. Uh, there will be, there will be people that grouse about it. There will be people that complain about it and, uh, just try to help them through it. Understand that there is going to be resistance to it. Don't go into it with, uh, rose colored glasses that everybody's just going to embrace and accept and do it. And it's hard work. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's not going to be just because I said so that everybody's going to say, Oh, that's a great idea. I wish I'd thought about it. I think uh, we've been wanting this for a long time, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, uh, you got everybody on board because that's just not going to happen. It's just not in us, in our DNA as people. We uh, technically don't like change. We don't like things. We don't like our cheese to be moved. There's a great book on yeah. Who Moved My Cheese, and it's all about change. And that's a great book to read if, if uh, you're trying to go through this change management. And there's a lot of good TED Talks out there on change management. But, uh, you know, in, a, in an organization, particularly in a maintenance organization, uh, we, we've done things so for so long on a certain way, and it's hard for us to change. And uh, we just need to know there's going to be some resistance, work through it, be nice, keep an, uh, an even attitude about it. I think the harder that we buckle up sometimes, the more resistance there is. Uh, so, you know, listen to people's ideas. Don't think that you have the uh, real estate on ideas that uh, sometimes people closest to the problem have the best uh, solutions to that problem as opposed to somebody three or four steps removed. And so listen to those, be willing to make modifications uh, to what you're trying to do. But I wouldn't say give up the farm on it. You know, just uh, be willing to, to hear and listen and reason with it and say well, how that could work or why that's not going to fit into the... Uh, the change that we're trying to come about. And then when you try to roll things out across an organization, look at benefits as opposed to the negatives. Bob, a lot of really great points made today. And what we'll say to wrap things up is just any type of effective change management requires continual reassessment of its impact and the organization's willingness and ability to adopt the next wave of transformations itself. That, with that being said, we'll wrap our session up today. It was great having you guys back on with us. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, and thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operation professionals just like you find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a great rest of your week.